Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and today I have an episode for you that I'm surprised I have not done yet. Also, I am recovering from a cold, so if I sound a little off, I apologize. I still wanted to go on and record this week and have this episode because I'm excited about it. So, hope my voice isn't too bad. But this week, I'm going to be talking about the marriage of Joe and Rose Kennedy. Now, I don't know why I haven't covered this yet. I think it's just a really broad topic that I'm actually going to dial in for this episode a little bit. So it's not going to be necessarily about them as parents or Rose's backstory or Joe's backstory. It's going to be mostly about just their marriage and their dynamic together. Because this is a Kennedy-based podcast, obviously I will always get to the other things. I will do a full episode on Rose's life, a full episode on Joe's life. I will do a full episode on them raising their kids and all that kind of stuff. You know, it'll, it'll all come. But this one's going to be about their relationship together. I found some really cool clips and stuff that I'll be putting in, so I'm really excited about this episode. But before we get started, let's kick it off with our In the News segment. Big news story of the past seven days. Okay, the big news this week is, as all of us have probably seen, Sirhan Sirhan was denied parole on Thursday by the California governor, Gavin Newsom. So the majority of the Kennedys are thrilled with this news. They even put out a statement that I'll read a quote from right now. This is kind of the end of it. We are greatly appreciative of the governor's consideration of the facts and his faithful application of the law. His decision represents the vindication of the rule of law over all who would betray it with hatred and violence. By reaffirming that freedom, is dependent on responsibility, the governor protects Californians and people around the world. And that is in the tradition and faithful to the legacy of Robert Kennedy. We are deeply grateful for this decision aimed at ensuring that no family nor our nation will suffer the same heartbreaking, irredeemable loss. And it is signed by Joseph P. Kennedy II, Christopher Kennedy, Ethel Kennedy, Courtney Kennedy, Maxwell Kennedy, Kerry Kennedy, and Rory Kennedy. Now I'm going to insert a clip from an interview that Kerry Kennedy did on MSNBC right here. He um, did this. He said it was premeditated. He brought a gun. He did this on the anniversary of the Arab-Israeli war. He went to target practice that morning. He put bullets that specifically were incredibly fatal. He went to the hotel where my father was, and he shot my father twice. And he also shot five other people. And he nearly killed my mother, who was right next to my father, who was pregnant with my baby sister. I mean, this wasn't just a random shooting. This was a massacre. Well, and I know your family was divided over this, and that had to be very painful with Bobby Jr. Well, you know, Andrea, um, like like we just discussed, 11 kids I have, there are over 150 Kennedys, first cousins, nieces and nephews, um, relatives of Joe and Rose Kennedy. There is nothing that we all agree on. 
Um, so when you come from a group that large, you're just going to expect that not everybody's on the same page all the time. And, and that's the way it rolls. But really, the point is not about our family. The point is about your family. The point is about our country. This was a, a political assassination. This was a terrorist attack on our democracy. It was the killing of a United States senator in the middle of a presidential campaign. And our country has never healed from that. The difference between having Bobby Kennedy as president versus Richard Nixon as president with his Southern strategy of dividing black against white in order to get more and more votes is still with us today. And that's what led up to Donald Trump. And so my dad spent that entire campaign, his major theme was healing divisions. He said, peace, justice, and compassion for those who suffer. That's what the United States should stand for. So yes, I lost my father. And my 10 brothers and sisters lost their father. But our country lost our leader. And that's what this is about. All right, let's move on to our inspiring clip of the week. One of the inspiring notes. This week is actually not going to be a Kennedy. I am inserting a clip from Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech in honor of it being Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So here it is. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners, Will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. Now I'm going to introduce a new segment that I'm surprised I have not done up until this point, where I give my recommendations of something to read or watch or anything like that. You know, I'm constantly watching new documentaries, reading new books, and I just normally don't share about them all on the podcast. So anything new that I've found or really enjoyed, I will be having it in the recommendation section. Of course, then we would recommend it. My recommendation this week, I just a few days ago watched the new Oliver Stone documentary, JFK Revisited, and it was fascinating. If you're into studying about the assassination of President Kennedy or some of the conspiracy theories behind it, highly recommend it. Very well done. Very interesting. And I don't know, my husband and I both really enjoyed it. So that is my recommendation for this week. Now, what do you say we get on to the episode? My sources this week are Time, New England Historical Society, People, JFK Library. So here we go. 
Rose Kennedy grew up in politics, as we've talked about before. She was the daughter of John Honeyfitz... Fitzgerald. So she grew up in wealth and very much understood the political hustle of being in a political family. And Joseph P. was always so entrepreneurial, making lots of money, uh, obviously just had the brain for someone to just be wealthy and came from a good political background himself. So they met when they were teenagers at Old Orchard Beach in Maine, which is where their families were vacationing together. And according to the JFK Library, on October 7th, 1914, they were married in a modest ceremony in a small chapel at the residence of Cardinal O'Connell, who officiated. Also, I want to mention that Rose's father was not into the idea of them getting married at all. From what I read in preparation for this episode, he knew about Joseph P. liking ladies and going to be, you know, not faithful or not treat his daughter the way that he would obviously want her to be treated. So he was very skeptical about the marriage, but they went forward with it anyway. Rose and Joe get married. They're young 20s, and they move into their first home, which was a three-story gray building on Beale Street in Brookline, and it is now a historic site. I actually had got a message from someone recently saying that they had been there, and I would love to go. I, I'll need to make that a bucket list item to visit there. And it's really where their family story began. So I'm going to insert a clip here that I thought was really neat. It's from a video that Rose Kennedy did kind of giving a tour of the Brookline home. So I'm going to insert a little bit of that here. Welcome to our home. Mr. Kennedy and I bought and moved into this house when we were married in 1914. Our eldest son was born at Hull, Massachusetts, a summer resort. But our next three children, including the president, were born here. And this house holds many happy memories. I shall try to point out to you some of the things as we go through the house that were important in our lives. We spent a lot of time in this room in the evenings. The piano was a wedding gift, and at Christmas I would play and we would all sing Christmas carols. The children did not do too well with their piano lessons. Okay, now I'm going to talk a little bit about their dynamic. Obviously, Rose knew that Joe was cheating. There's a lot of rumors out there and stuff that she just kind of didn't know or somehow didn't catch on. I don't believe that at all because if you read enough about it, it's obvious that he didn't do much to hide it from her at all. So she kind of chose to accept it, turn a blind eye towards it. I also read that she really liked the lifestyle that Joseph P. provided for her. She, I mean, she had wealth, she had fame, she had all of that. She really put most of her efforts into child raising and taking care of her kids, making sure they were being brought up exactly how she wanted them to be. She was meticulous about making sure that everything for her children was done in the best way possible. I even remember when I visited the library, there being the box that she kept of her note cards of just every single medical thing about each one of her children possible. Any kind of growth, weight, fever, uh, uh, cough, anything like that. She was meticulous about taking care of her kids. So she put herself into that a lot. I read that their dynamic was one of respect for each other, but it's not necessarily like they were romantically lovers or anything like that. They just kind of respected each other, bonded in the fact that they shared children, and that was that for them. As I mentioned, obviously, we know that Joseph P. had many notable affairs, which is believed to be where his sons got the idea that philandering was a-okay in their marriages, and 
also rose from what I've read and studied from multiple different sources, taught her daughters and kind of would even teach the wives that came into the family that uh, that's just kind of what men do. And you put up with it because they're giving you the lifestyle that you're living, whether that be money, fame, all that kinds of stuff. So there's two notable affairs that I'm going to mention in this just because they're so uh, highly publicized, but there was more than this for sure. The first one that I'm going to talk about was with Janet Fontaine. Now, she told people that she did carry on her nine-year affair under the nose of wife Rose and that she seemed to accept her husband's infidelities with little protest, kind of like I said earlier. Fontaine mentions in her memoir, I spent a great deal of time at their homes in Hyannisport and Palm Beach. Rose accepted me with open arms, was very fond of me, and treated me beautifully. I have no hard feelings towards her. She also said that Joe was very charismatic and attractive, and she said, Did you ever watch Dave Letterman on TV? He reminds me of Joe at 60. She then goes on to say regarding the Kennedy marriage that Joe and Rose were not close, but they respected one another. There was a loneliness in his life. Joe had just lost his son, Joe Jr., in the war. And then four months after I went to work for him, he lost Kathleen, his favorite daughter. He used to cry and say, I can't talk about them. I think he needed someone to cling to and bring little segments of happiness to his life. She also goes on to say that Rose Kennedy preferred to live her own life. She loved to travel to Paris to buy clothes. And she says, Rose, I think, was grateful to have me there knowing she could leave her husband and he was being looked after. I don't just mean sexually, but as a companion. So, yeah, there's a lot there. Along with that, and kind of a lot of similarities between it, I found a clip from a Barbara Walters interview with Another one of Joe Kennedy's mistresses, Gloria Swanson, this aired on 2020 and 1981. And you guys, it is intense. So I'm actually going to insert quite a few minutes of this because I just was like, wow, there's a lot here. So listen to this clip, too. I want to talk to you about an aspect of your life that uh, has always been written about somewhat uh, secretly, which you write about very openly. And we talked about the fact that you were married six times and to men who were very weak. Mostly. But one man who was very strong was a man you didn't marry. And that was Joe Kennedy. Mm-hmm. You write for the first time openly that he was your lover. Tell me about him. Well, he was like a banker. <laughs> he was a man who had, he loved to laugh, had great humor. He was not very sophisticated insofar as knowing that right thing to do. Um, there was a certain naivete, I suppose, about him, like giving me a corsage of orchids, which I wanted to scream about, because that was the, the mental picture of a star in California. Mm-hmm. Not all, one orchid. You know, they had to go from here down and trail on the floor. You know, they call it glamour. I hate the word glamour. Joe Kennedy came into your life to finance your movie yes. and fell in love with you. Were you in love with him? I can't answer that because I don't know because I don't remember any of the law for You were married when you met Joe yes, Kennedy. And you were in love with your husband. Yes. And you had an affair with Joe Kennedy. Mm-hmm. For how long? Well, Liv, I, when he came into my life, he, he went out of it and came back. And, and I was always trying to, you know, no matter what happened, there he was. And um, he was obsessed with you. And you were the glamorous actor. And I was something he'd never seen before. It was just like the boys from college. When the moment they got into New York, they were going out with all the actresses. And here was Joe Kennedy. Right. Yes. And had 
by the time he met you. Eight children. Eight children. Didn't you feel guilty, this married man? Guilty? I went through absolute hell. Of course I was guilty. Why then did you keep on? Keep on? Try to... You didn't know the man. You say he was a strong man. This man uh, accomplished anything I think he wanted to. And he wanted you. Including putting his son in the White House. Did you know that that was one of his dreams? No, I thought maybe he might have wanted to be president. You went on a trip that seems so bizarre even by today's standards. You and Joe Kennedy went to Europe with Mrs. Joe Kennedy, yes. Rose Kennedy, and her sister. What was that like? The mistress, the husband, the wife, and, I and the sister? And with me. It was absolutely madness and crazy, and I said, this can't be, it shouldn't be. I'll come on another book. Please, you can't do that. Please. When you say he was obsessed, he was uh, obsessed with me. Why? And you write in the book that Rose Kennedy could not have been more motherly? Darling, Rose, sweet. And you said that even when you saw him paying great attention to you as he did, she never got upset. Never, apparently. I just couldn't understand it. You said she's either, what was it? You said she's either a better actress than I am, or she's, I have, I wrote a, a blonde, yeah. What do you think it was? I don't know. But do you think she ever knew about you? I don't know. Does it bother you today to know that Mrs. Kennedy is still alive? That Senator, there are sisters, and that you are now for the first time writing about Joe Kennedy and telling the truth I about your life? I hadn't write about him, because if I hadn't, they would have had my, my adopted boy, his son. Don't you realize why I wrote my book? I never wanted to write my book. And if I did, and I did start it, I said, I want this to be printed after I'm dead because I don't want to face this thing. The reason I wrote it is because I've seen the books that have been written about celebrities where the author hasn't been within a hundred miles of the person they're writing about. And because the people in the when the political thing was coming up, yeah. they were always trying to attach my, this poor boy. I, just, I didn't person. realize this even when I read the book. You had an adopted son named Joseph. And My father's have, name was Joseph. The people Swarton. have said that this is the illegitimate son of Joe Kennedy. Yes, but, but I didn't. The boy was born in 1922, November. We, I never did know whether it was the 31st, the 30th, or the 31st. And you met Joe Kennedy in 1927. Yes. And this is why you wrote the book. Yes. Did anyone in the Kennedy family try to have you not write about him in this book? No, I never had one call. As a matter of fact, I had a letter from Ted sometime twice. I had two letters, never answered them. He wanted me to write something about his father to put in the album or something. For Why didn't you answer? Because what was I going to write? <clears throat> Hugh, Gloria Swanson may not have heard from anybody in the Kennedy family about her book, but we did. I received this letter from Eunice Kennedy Shriver enclosing a statement she sent to various newspapers. In the interest of fairness, I'll quote from part of it. I can tell you that my mother is totally honest in her conviction that her 45-year marriage to my father was the happiest part of her life. My father shared with her the raising of the children, the creation of a stable and loving home. 
Between the age of 80 and 90, my mother also wrote her autobiography. It inspired people everywhere. Gloria Swanson's autobiography written at 80 may make her a popular figure, but what lasting value has her life left us? That's the letter here. From Eunice Kennedy Shriver. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Barbara. As you now understand from hearing that clip, like I was saying, the infidelity was just kind of no secret. Of course, Gloria acted like she didn't know if Rose knew or not. I think there's no doubt in the world that Rose knew that he was having affairs. I even read one time, I wish I could tell you guys exactly where, but I I can't find the source, but I know I read it, that uh, one time he walked his mistress straight upstairs past Rose Kennedy as she had a guest there who told the story, and they were clearly having sex upstairs, and Rose was just sitting in the living room, sipping her tea, acting like nothing was happening. And I kind of believe that from what I've read here. She accepted the mistresses, was okay with that lifestyle, and that was that. Another thing about Rose is obviously she clung very heavily to her faith. She was a very devout Catholic, really tried to ensure that her kids followed along in her faith in their own lives as well. Maybe that gave her some comfort. Oh, one thing I I should have mentioned earlier, but I didn't. She apparently did have a point in her life, though, early on when she was not into the affairs and it was starting to bother her. She apparently went to her father and stayed at their home for a while. While she was pregnant with her fourth child, Honeyfit said, no, you can't get a divorce. And that's when she kind of, as New England Historical Society says, took solace in the Roman Catholic Church and in heavy medication as well. Okay, now I want to talk a little bit about their parenting dynamic together. As I said, Rose made sure that they were in order. Everything was always in order. They were always quizzed at the dinner table. All the things that we know about the Kennedys. Joe did the same thing as we know. They made sure they got into the most prestigious schools. They made sure that they were always perfect and proper and everything, which leads into one really bad part in their marriage when Joe went and had Rosemary get a lobotomy, which Rose had no knowledge of until after And it was botched. I just can't imagine that ever happening and how horrible that is. If you want to learn more about that, by the way, I have done a episode about Rosemary Kennedy and I'm going to do more in the future on her as well. But go check that out. And then as we know, during JFK's presidency, Joe Sr. suffered from a stroke that was very debilitating. And Rose, at that point, kind of continued just living her own life. That At that point, she did actually go visit Rosemary, which he never allowed before. She kind of started to do some things for herself that she had not done before. But she still very much was in hyannis with him, taking care of him, you know, still stood by his side after that. Joe died at the age of 81 in 1969, and then Rose lived to be 104 and didn't pass away until 1995. In those later years of her life, there's a lot of interviews of her from those years. She really continued to preserve her family's legacy, continued to talk about her children. She really prided herself on their accomplishments. And one thing that's covered a lot in the interviews that I really encourage you to go watch some of them is everyone always is like, you've had such bad tragedy in your life. How do you, how have you managed to stay centered and happy? And she talks about how she leans on her faith and she basically looks at all the positive in her life and sees suffering around the world and just thinks how fortunate she is despite all of the things that have happened to her. So she kept an outlook that was always positive, at least to the outside world. So that's what I've got for this marriage episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I, I thought it was just really interesting to dive into it because I hadn't necessarily observed their dynamic and the way that they really parented together, uh, excluding the Rosemary, obviously horrible tragedy, but they really seemed to parent together very, very well. But 
also at the same time had a very tumultuous and disconnected marriage. It was seemed almost like a business deal and just a mutual respect, but nothing past that. And together, Rose and Joe raised some incredible kids, no doubt about that. And the legacy lives on. As I said in the beginning, I will do more in-depth episodes on different facets of them and their lives and everything, but I hope you enjoyed this specific episode about their marriage. Please follow me on Instagram if you don't already, at Kennedy Dynasty. I've got a lot of content going out on there. I do a lot of fun polls and things like that that are Kennedy-related and... I don't know, just keep up with me there if you don't already. I'm also on Facebook, Kennedy Dynasty. If you like this episode and you like the show in general, please tap the five-star review. That helps me so much. And please, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a positive written review. That helps me even more. So I would really, really, really appreciate that. I hope you have a great week, and I will talk to you soon. Come on and vote for Kennedy. Vote for Kennedy. Keep America strong. Kennedy, just keep throwing. This is Peter. And this is Tom. We want to tell you guys a little bit about our podcast. Tom and I met in college, became best friends, and then teachers almost 20 years ago. Sometimes school just does not allow us to elaborate on the topics that we find interesting, like the real shark attacks that inspired the movie Jaws, or the real historical context to Indiana Jones artifacts. Where does cereal come from? Or are zombies real? Does Ben Franklin really deserve to be on a $100 bill? On our podcast, just like in our class, there are no stupid questions. Just two friends having a lighthearted conversation about history, pop culture, and the context of current events. Listen to History Teachers Talking Podcast from Evergreen Network, anywhere you get your podcasts.